1: You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Welcome into to another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council. Talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, and live after every single Carolina Panthers game like I am right now on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. Only got one more game this season, unfortunately, following the loss today, but be sure to watch every show and subscribe to every show over there on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel so you never miss any of the live episodes. If you do, that's okay. Every single episode of Locked On Panthers is right there in your podcast feed. So make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss a single episode as we head into the offseason following next Sunday's game against the New Orleans Saints. Again, make sure to follow me, though, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where every single Friday I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions right here on the show, either at me or DM me to get into next week's edition of the weekly Friday mailbag, heading into the Saints game, either at me or DM me. Of course, they're over on Twitter. Today's episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. Ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and managing your own football franchise? Then this game is definitely for you. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the App Store. My listeners get a 100% free boost in their franchise when using promo code Locked On when using the game. The Carolina Panthers, 24. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 30. The Carolina Panthers, playoff dreams, are dead after losing on the road against Tampa Bay on Sunday afternoon. Buddy, this stinks. Because as soon as I start to believe in this team again, they lose. And the worst part of it is having hope. And boy, did they give us hope to start out this game. Six plays, 75 yards, didn't face a third down on their opening drive, leading to a touchdown. Sam Darnold, four for four for 60 yards, a touchdown to Tommy Trimble, a beautiful throw. They were surgical. On that opening drive, the second week in a row, the Carolina Panthers had scored on their opening drive of the, of the game while failing to do it in the previous 14 games before last week in the win against Detroit. And then this win or this loss rather to Tampa Bay, they came out swinging and they came out doing something different than what we had seen from them over the last couple months of the season when they've had success on offense. And I was throwing the football. And Sam Darnold looked good to start off. Sam had a strong start to this game. And I was starting to think, okay, Tampa Bay is going to come here, probably load up the box, try to stop the Panthers and say, hey, Sam Darnold go out there and beat us. And Sam certainly looked game to start off this game. And then you look at the first drive for Tampa Bay. Tom Brady booming the football down the field. Hits Chris Godwin on a critical third down. But Sam Franklin comes out of nowhere with the peanut punch. Carolina gets that turnover right when it felt like Tampa Bay was going to get some sort of momentum early on and respond. If that doesn't happen. Carolina continues to take advantage early on. They another drive later on to get them up 14-0. They hit on a fourth down and three to DJ Moore with Sam Darnold. Sam didn't hits DJ Moore for a touchdown. And we're feeling good about this team. It's 14-zip. They're controlling the line of scrimmage. Tampa Bay's not running the ball well. Tampa Bay really hadn't found anything offensively yet until Tom Brady hits Mike Evans on a deep uh, throw down the sideline. Not a surprise. Keith Taylor, who started off the game with a holding penalty, gives it the long touchdown. That was one of the concerns going in this game. Could this secondary hold up? In particular, Keith Taylor and C.J. Henderson, the two backup cornerbacks having to start. Would we see much of Josh Norman, which we really did not see today? So the Carolina Panthers had control for the most part in that first half. And despite Sam Donald having his first tono- turnover of the season with that fumble exchange with Bradley Bozeman, who seemed to snap it before Sam Donald was ready, not quite sure who that's really on. Either way, Sam's a quarterback and have better communication leads to the first fumble, which is attributed to him. The defense stands tall. They get to stop. They force a field goal. I think hat tip also to Todd Bowles for deciding to not go for it on a fourth and one that could have tied the game right then and there, going into the half. So Carolina has a 14 to 10 lead at the half, and you're feeling good about the team. You know they have more momentum get late into the second quarter, but then they give up. They give that turnover up, but then they can kind of get back that momentum with the stop with, uh, with uh, right there at the fumble. So you still feel pretty good about where the team's at, but also you kind of can feel the little sinking feeling of, oh, man, this team should be up a lot more than they are in this game. Tampa Bay comes right out of the half, five plays, 12 yards. Kate Otten stops running his route. If he doesn't do that, who knows what happens with Tampa Bay on that drive. Nothing comes out comes from it. And Sam Darnold goes out there. They're not able to do anything again. Tampa Bay then – well, I guess Sam Darnold throws an interception – Tampa Bay has a 15-play, 90-yard drive, but it ends up with a blocked field goal by Etor Grosmano. So you had a sack and a blocked field goal, probably his best efforts of the season. And Carolina goes down there, and it capitalized. So 21-10, to they're keeping Tampa Bay at arm's length. But you could feel that the defense was not going to be able to hold up. Because you look at the first four drives for Tampa, five plays, 12 yards, nothing. 15 plays, 90 yards, the blocked field goal. After that, three plays, 75 yards, Mike Evans touchdown, C.J. Henderson, what are you doing? Eight plays, 92 yards, Mike Evans touchdown, C.J. Henderson again, what are you doing? But at the end of the day, the reason the Carolina Panthers lost this game was turnovers. Anthony Nelson beats Icky Iquano easily to force that Sam Darnold fumble the second of the day, his third turnover of the day. Tom Brady punches it in, and right then and there, that's ballgame for the Carolina Panthers. Three turnovers to Tampa Bay's one, which occurred on the Bucs' first drive of the game. You can't win like that. Steve Wilkes talked about it. They team didn't play smart. They didn't play to their DNA, which is physicality. They were only able to run the football for 74 yards on 22 carries. Deontay Foreman, 13 carries, 35 yards. Shuba Hubbard, three carries for 12 yards. The Panthers' offensive line just did not get the push that they normally have gotten throughout the season. And in the games that they've lost, like Pittsburgh a couple weeks ago, this is what happened to them. Now, they weren't completely overwhelmed. Tampa Bay certainly sold out to stop the run, but Carolina had success through the passing game. But it just was not enough. When you have three turnovers and you only force one, it also does not help when your secondary is down its top two starters and guys like CJ Henderson and Keith Taylor can't defend Mike Evans, who once again has a thousand yard receiving season. And you can question why did Josh Thorne not play a lot? Steve Wilkes came out after the game and said, we never plan on playing him that much anyways. And we didn't feel like that was the right situation to put him in. He did say earlier in the week that Josh Thorne, while he looked good in his workouts clearly was not in game shape And as I had told y'all, maybe 10, 12 snaps. I don't even know if he played that many. That should have been the expectation going into this game. So with turnovers, that hurts it. But the secondary issues, a lot of that is just J.C. Horn's out, Dante Jackson's out. Probably out for the rest of the season. Don't see a reason to play J.C. Horn next week, seeing the Carolina Panthers are eliminated from the playoffs. But when you come down to having Keith Taylor and C.J. Henderson at corner against Mike Evans, this is the result. Now, as far as C.J. Henderson goes – Great trade, Scott Fitterer. An absolutely awful trade for the Carolina Panthers to give up a third-round pick. And last season, a pass-catching tight end in Dan Arnold, a position they still have not been able to fill over the last two seasons. A horrid trade to bring in C.J. Henderson, who has absolutely done nothing for this team. And Scott Fitter said at that point in time, it was a trade for the future. Well, the future is now, and C.J. Henderson has been terrible. I do remember Steve Smith Sr. telling us in training camp how C.J. Henderson was locking people down. And I was talking about, hey, could C.J. Henderson potentially be what helps Panthers go from good to great defensively? Well, clearly that's not the case. His fifth-year option is going to come up here in May. That is an easy rejection. He has been terrible. And there's no excuse for C.J. Henderson, a player drafted in the top ten, in the third year of his career, this late into it, to be this bad and to give that piss poor of an effort against Mike Evans and that first touchdown he gave up to Mike Evans. Like, it's inexcusable. You can make excuses for, like, oh, yeah, they're down to their, sec- their second string guys. Like, of course, fine. For Keith Taylor, whatever, fifth-round pick. Not like you expected a ton out of him. But when you trade for a former top-ten pick and you talk about how this guy can help you in the secondary and when you have him, J.C., and Dante Jackson, which we rarely saw them really together and playing well, all three of them. How best, how good the secondary can be, well, that's just not the case. C.J. Henderson is a liability, and I really don't see much reason why he would be on the roster next season other than to add depth. Corner is certainly a position that needs to be addressed in the offseason. It's not the top position, but it's a position that needs to be addressed considering that J.C. Horn has not been able to make it through a full season, whether it was going – missing a couple games with a hip earlier this season. Now the wrist injury, which was friendly fire. And, of course, last year with the foot injury, not trying to say he's injury prone, just stating facts, so far through the first two years of his career has not been able to make it through a full season. Dante Jackson, the last two years, has really dealt with injuries, even dating back to 2020. It has not worked out for Dante as well as far as holding up with injuries. they got to bring in more corners. they got to bring in someone who can be reliable if those guys come go down. But, again, not too much you can really expect when – you're down your top two guys, and it was an area of concern going to this game. So the Panthers certainly were not able to be physical up front like we had seen last week in the win against Detroit, and, and their wins under Steve Wilkes, It was not the same football team that we had seen. Didn't play smart, didn't play their DNA, but at the end of the day, turnovers and really the secondary's inability to stop massive plays is what the cost of the Carolina Panthers on Sunday afternoon in Tampa Bay. It's unfortunate it came down to that. But it's the attrition of the season. The Bucs have dealt with injuries. Every team in the league has dealt with injuries, but you gotta find a way to make it through. And unfortunately for Carolina, they were not able to make it through because a guy they traded for, who was a top 10 pick, cannot play to that level here in the National Football League, which is unfortunate. And it means that we have to go through new pain here in this new year. In Carolina, the Panthers again fall 30-24 to on the road against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'll continue to break down the Panthers' loss here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. But before I do that, I'm really geeked out by our new partner and sponsor of today's episode, the Mobile Game Ultimate Football GM. Ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and managing your own football franchise? Well, your dream can come true and this game is definitely for you. Manage every aspect of your team, play through the season and lead your team to glory. You're responsible for hiring the right coaches and coordinators, trading players, don't trade for CJ Henderson, making draft picks, navigating your franchise through free agency into the draft and all the ups and downs of the season. And We certainly know all about ups and downs here in Carolina. All this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM is completely free and playable offline. Play on the go as you want and when you want. Locked on Panthers listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using promo code LOCKEDON in the game store. That's LOCKED ON in all caps, so make sure to check it out today. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the app store. That's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM, start your dynasty today.
1: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: What have I been telling you all the last couple weeks? When you expect the most, you get the least. When you get, you expect the least, you get the most. And... Damn it, I was expecting the most from the Carolina Panthers. And I knew, I knew it. I knew I set myself up for disappointment, for failure. I was thinking to myself, you know what? They'll beat Tampa. They got to beat Tampa. Beat Tampa, and if they're going to let us down, it's going to be in New Orleans with the Saints still alive and playing in a loud Superdome. Didn't think it was going to be at Raymond James Stadium today. Really didn't think that was going to be the case. I expected them to run the football better. No, I didn't think they're going to run all over Tampa, but I thought they at least get 100 yards. But that was not the case. And it's just... It's just another disappointment to add to the list, especially looking at the last five years. We already knew that. The Panthers were bound for a fifth straight losing season. But to get to the playoffs, to be able to turn around the season after one and four, firing Matt Rule, trading Christian McCaffrey, trading Robbie Anderson, thank God, all the assistants that left, all the trials and tribulations of this season, the hope was that, man, all they got to do is win two more games. Both on the road. They had only won one on the road all season long. So, it was always going to be a tall task for the Panthers to go on the road, to beat Tampa Bay, a team that still has Super Bowl DNA, a team that, of course, has the greatest football player, at least the greatest quarterback of all time, in Tom Brady. And it was always going to be difficult to then follow that up and win against New Orleans. So, we've only seen them win back-to-back games one time this year and win on the road one time. So, again, it was a lot to ask. But still, the way they came out, the way that they performed, it had you feeling like, okay – they're going to do this like this team arrived. They're ready to go that opening drive to be up 14. Nothing the defensive stands right before the half after a turnover from Sam and Bradley as well to be able to get the stop there and then to come out of the half give up a lot of yards there at that Sam Darnold interception but to get the block to still have all those opportunities ahead of them and to not be able to capitalize because the turnovers and not being able to control the line of scrimmage. It's a disappointing loss. It's a team that's still young. As we know, it's a team that I think has grown a lot. And that's certainly something that we'll talk more about once the season's over. We're not going to sit here and do a post-mortem on the season just yet. But they came a long way. And that's what makes it disappointing because you could feel it. I felt like D.J. Moore also with six receptions, 117 yards, and a touchdown was having his best game as a Panther today. And it certainly would have been had they won the game. But he was playing great. Sam and him had a good connection. Just couldn't make the plays. Couldn't make the plays. Made too many mistakes. I, I certainly question some of the decisions by Steve Wilkes. I'm going to get to those here uh, shortly. But I guess we can kind of talk about Sam Darnold. Three turnovers today. I don't really know if there's too much to really be all that disappointed by Sam Darnold's efforts, honestly. And y'all know me. Like, I don't think Sam is a franchise quarterback. I always hated the trade. I, I've been happy for him the way he's played the last couple weeks. I thought he's played really well. But today, three turnovers, and you know the first one, it's a fumble. Bradley Bozeman snaps it before he's ready. Is it on Bradley? Is it on Sam? I guess we can find out more after Steve Wilkes watches the tape uh, today, and he talks to the media on Monday. I don't know. The quarterback is supposed to be the one in communication. So with the center and the rest of the offensive lines, maybe it's on Sam. He really should have just fallen on the football, like fall on it, limit the damage. Doesn't do that. And Tampa gets the ball. Only cost him three points, but still that's three points that you would have loved to not given up. Uh, the interception underthrows the football. He made the right read, according to Greg Olson, on the broadcast. Just a bad throw. Are you wanting to throw the ball to Stephon Sullivan? I don't know. I guess that's what they drew up, but it was, it was there. He just didn't make a great throw. And it the ball's at the two-yard line. So it's not like it really hurt you all that much. I don't think the Panthers were in field goal range then. So, like that's a fumble. It's more of an arm pun than anything to me. And in a fumble at the end of the game, Ike Iquana gets beat bad, and that happens. So the three turnovers, it's not great to have it happen. He certainly had played clean football the last couple weeks, which was why people were starting to talk themselves in somewhat into potentially Sam at least maybe being a bridge, or hey, could this be the guy who finally stabilized the quarterback position like Scott Fitter has wanted? But the three turnovers, not all on Sam, but certainly, you know, all attributed to Sam Darnold, unfortunately. And it probably closes the book on him as a potential starter in Carolina. Now that the Panthers are definitely out of the playoffs, they're going to be a, they're going to have a top ten pick. They have the ammo to move up and to probably get CJ Stroud. Who, if you watch the playoff, there I was I was hesitant on CJ Stroud. We'll talk more about it, but he showed you everything that you would hope that he could have shown you in a big game. And I'm now all in on him or Bryce Young. Everyone else, not really all that interested. But CJ Stroud, that's somebody you can look at now that the Panthers can be in the top ten. So that's really what ends because if Sam. Would have been able to help this team get to the playoffs. And if they had success there, then you have to have a long conversation and look at a guy who's played five years in the league. And with the good offensive line, started to make some progress and was making good decisions. And I don't think he made bad decisions. There was a point in time in the game where I think it was the first drive of the second half. It might have been this. I don't remember when the drive was. But I tweeted out, like, last year Sam doesn't make three great decisions because one of them, he has, he's getting flushed from the pocket, decides to just burn it instead of try to run or do something crazy, just burns it. The second one, he, you know, it's got a, I guess it's probably an RPO. He keeps it, just slides down, doesn't take an unnecessary hit. And the third down, they're trying to throw a quick screen out to DJ Moore, and it's not there. He just burns the ball. Those are three good decisions that we did not see from Sam Darnold last season or really in the first four years of his career in the NFL. So I thought overall he's played better, 23 of 37, 341 yards, three touchdowns, and all those throws were great, the one to Tommy, the one to DJ, the one over the top um, to be able to get the safety to come down. They threw the Shy Smith. Like, he threw some darts out the there today, y'all. But the three turnovers killed him. Is it all on him? No. But 9.2 yards per attempt was great. 108.1 passer rating. Sam Darnold has made progress. But the unfortunate thing for him is the Panthers are now in the top ten. And it makes way more sense for them to restart with a rookie quarterback contract and someone who they think can get them to that level. Because you can look at Sam, the progress that he's made, but do you think he's a quarterback that's capable of winning a Super Bowl here in Carolina? If the answer is no, then it's time to move on. Can he be a backup here? Certainly. There's other teams that might look at Sam's five starts now, with whatever it's going to be, four or five starts, six starts, I don't remember. Um, they're going to... Five, six. It's going to be six overall. They're going to look at those starts and they're going to think, hey, maybe that guy can come in for us and he can maybe start. Maybe the Arizona might feel that way. Maybe the Raiders feel that way. I don't know. But the books probably close on Sam Darnold. And I don't, really, I don't really put this loss on him. The turnovers hurt. I don't think all of them is on him at all like his fault. Made good plays, but wasn't enough for Carolina. I do question also the lack of aggressiveness from Steve Wilkes in the first half. And Tom Rinaldi comes out of halftime giving us a report about how Steve Wilkes, like, hey, you know, the guy on the other side, he's maybe the best ever do it at that position. You got to be aggressive. got to be aggressive. Okay, he was aggressive in terms of going forward on like fourth and three on the Buccaneers 29 because, yeah, do that opposed to kicking a field goal and they convert later on leads to a touchdown. But on the fourth and ones, two of them, on the Panthers' own 42, Steve Wilkes decides to punt if – it all starts up front for you, and you want to establish the line of scrimmage and physicality. Why not go for it in those situations? I don't even want to do a fake punt. I hate I hate fake punts. If you're going to go for it, just go for it. Man up and go run it down their throat. Why not go for it in those two situations, especially when you have control of the game? And maybe he's thinking, all right, let's well, just kick it deep, force Tampa Bay to drive on us. He thinks the defense is good enough to do that. I'm just wondering, like, if you're going to be aggressive and you're going to sit here and tell the reporter on the sideline that you're going to be aggressive, then be aggressive. Extend the drive. Keep going. Move the football on a fourth and one from your own 42. Two separate times. They had a chance to do that, and Steve Wooks decided not to do it. As far as playing smart, two delayed uh, game penalties, like the third and five ends up being the third and ten. They don't convert then, and then Tampa goes to take the lead on the very next drive. Like That's a critical moment after Tampa heads just scored to be able to not get anything to happen and to have that happen to them. They had the other – uh, delay a game that ends up not hurting them with Eddie Pinero who had missed the 44-yard field goal. I think the whistle is already blowing. You kind of just said, I'm just going to kick it. I don't know how much effort he put into it. Either way, he missed it. Then makes the 49-yarder that actually mattered. It was just strange to see them have those delay game penalties in those situations where they're don't have, they not decisive enough in their decision-making. Because you see that, that we're going to clock the ball, we're going to kick the field goal, which is the right strategy with three timeouts left and knowing that you still need a touchdown. I liked the, what they were thinking. But just to not get your field goal unit out there in time to avoid a delay a game doesn't make any sense to me. And for the the lack of awareness from Sam Darnold on that drive to not be able to get his guys ready to go on that third and five, which then takes you completely out of what you want to do and puts you in a third and long situation, and your team was only 4 of 11 on third down, like, what are we doing here, guys? So Wilkes, we know he's not the most aggressive coach. We've seen – in the past, that he's not wanted to be aggressive going to the half, and we know why. We see the pick six against Atlanta. We see the fumble today. That's why he doesn't want to do it because situations like that where he does not want his team to make mistakes and put themselves behind the eight ball that like they did today three separate times. So it's disappointing to lose this game. It's a game where I absolutely felt like they – they obviously don't have these turnovers. I think they win this game. And they, they still had a chance. Late in the football game before Icky gets burned – they still had a chance to win the game or at least tie the game ticket overtime. This was a winnable game for Carolina. This was not a bad effort by this football team. It's just a young football team that made too many mistakes and could not execute in the most critical moments. And that's what separates them from Tampa Bay because Tampa Bay is a veteran team. While they still suck this year, don't, let's not get it twisted, that Bucks team, they stink. They're not going anywhere in the playoffs. Even if they're playing Dallas, they are bad. But the difference between the Panthers and the Bucks, the Bucks can execute. The Bucks have experience winning these games. The Bucks know how to close out and finish these games. The Carolina Panthers, they haven't learned how to do that just yet. It's another step in the right direction as far as what we've seen over the last 11 games of the season with Steve Wilkes at the helm, but it's still not enough to get this team to where we want them to be. So that's the frustrating part about it. That's the painful part of it is, like, you can see the progress. You can see how close they are, but again, When you expect the most, you get the lease and the Carolina Panthers start off 2023 where they left off in 2022, losing games and breaking our hearts. So there we are. Now, as far as Steve Wilkes goes, there's going to be questions now that they, they're out of it. What does this mean for Wilkes? What does it mean for the organization? Chris Mortensen of ESPN had a report that came out and man, I don't know. I I want him to be the head coach. I just, I get, I get worried whether that's even going to happen now, but, uh, I'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. Looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories, then you gotta try a built bar. We just got through the holidays, and I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year. If you're like me, where you wanna eat healthier but don't wanna compromise taste, then man, I've got the thing for you. You gotta try built. With built healthy is actually tasty seriously they're so delicious you won't think they're good for you perfect for the new year's resolutions uh, what makes built Bars so good well for starters they are all covered 100 percent real chocolate that's right real chocolate and they come in unbelievable flavors like churro peanut butter brownie and coconut almond i'm not sure how built does it but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros and what's even better is that they are healthy only 130 calories and four grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering Built Bars at Built.com. Now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut pups. if you're close to Sam's Club. And, of course, if you remember, run in and grab a 13-bar box of our hit flavors, brownie batter, and churro,
1: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: So again, the Carolina Panthers was a heartbreaker on the road. 30-24 to 24 against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It was always going to be... A tall task for Carolina, who's only won one time on the road, who's only won back-to-back games this season only one time. It's going to be tough to ask them to win their final three games, especially two of them coming on the road against veteran teams in Tampa Bay, in New Orleans. But yet, it was a game that certainly was winnable if you take out the turnovers in this football game on Sunday afternoon. Again, not all on Sam Darnold the interception certainly on him under throwing football communication with him, Bradley Bozeman, you can put it on both or one of them. I don't, I'm not quite sure who's it on and in the fumble late, hell, I mean, that's, that's going to happen. So unfortunate for Sam, because it's going to cost him an opportunity to potentially be the starter long-term here in Carolina. You would think we'll see how the draft plays out. Uh, who's available. there at quarterback. Cause I would imagine the owner David Tepper, that's who he's going to be wanting uh, here in Carolina to get this team over the top, a team that has shown over the last 11 weeks, under Steve Wilkes that they are close to actually being a competitive football team, but there's just a the little things they got to clean up to get them over the top moving forward. Now, Steve Wilkes get an opportunity to be the guy who can get them there. I don't know. They're five and six now with him as the interim. And we know all the context that comes with it. All of what's happened the last 12 weeks since Matt rule was fired and the coaches that have left the players that have been traded, the injuries, we all understand what Steve Wilkes has done that five and six is far better than what five and six looks like. Now, I know there's a lot of people who are going to be split on this. because I already had someone tweet at me being like, hey, if we want to keep the status quo, we'll keep Steve Wilkes. If we really want to help this franchise long-term, we'll go get the best candidate available. And I've continuously said, David Tepper needs to cast the widest net possible and talk to as many coaches as possible to get this hire right. He already got it wrong the first time. He needs to get it right the second time. I don't know what the MLS team with Charlotte FC, how many Managers he talked to, if there was ever really serious discussions with other people, I don't think they have like those same rules in MLS as they do, of course, in the NFL as far as hiring practices go. Um, soccer also a far more diverse sport anyways, so they don't really need it. Uh, but either way, you, you think about that like, hey, I don't think he really had to talk he talked to anyone, but now he's going to have to, by rule, talk to other coaches, other minority coaches, other coaches with experience. Doesn't matter what they look like, I think he should do that. Now, Steve Wilkes' job was to do – when and off to where it's like, okay, hey, you talk to Shane Steichen from the from the Eagles. You talk to Dan Snyder, or not Dan Snyder, uh, Dan Quinn, who's with the Cowboys and former uh, Falcons head coach. You talk to all these guys, and at the end of the day, you came back to me because I was the right guy. I'm the one who understands what keep pounding means. I'm the one who understands what foundation has been laid here and what foundation needs to be relayed to help this franchise get to where it wants to be. And you already saw what I did when I didn't really have a quarterback. I had... My best player to get traded away. Had all this, I'm shorthanded with the staff and all the other mess that went on this season with the injuries as well. Like that was what Steve Wilkes hope was supposed to be. So five and six, I don't know how David Tepper's gonna look at it. To me, it feels like Steve Wilkes deserves an opportunity, whether it's here or somewhere else. He should be a head coach next year. I would love for it to be here in Carolina. Again, David Tepper needs to talk to as many people as possible. We'll see who the candidates are. It's going to play out over the, le- the next month or so as the playoffs are going on. Depending on how um, some of the teams, of course, as you know, the laziest way to do it is, oh, hey, what teams have success? Let's go take those assistants. It doesn't always lead uh, to success. Look at every guy who's ever been hired um, from the New England Patriots. But that's what's going to happen. We're going to see the next month of the season. How it, see how it gets how it plays out. Now, I did see a report from Chris Mortensen of ESPN um, that there's momentum building for Wilkes to get the full time job. Recognize that it was also before the loss to Tampa Bay. So, does that change things? It has to factor in. We'll see how they play next week. Steve Book said that, look, they didn't take care of the football. They weren't physical. But another part of what they want to do is they want to finish. And he said, we're going to finish. They got to go to New Orleans next week. As of right now, this recording, I got the Packers game next to me. I think the Packers were up by 14. If they win, I think they're – I think they kind of – I don't know if they eliminate – I don't know how it goes with New Orleans, but New Orleans might be still playing for something come next Sunday. So to have a Panthers team that's still energized, that's still ready to go against the Saints team, that's a division rival, and potentially to sweep them and end their playoff hopes, of course, which would happen if you win, that's something still to play for. And we'll see how he's able to get them to bounce back, which they've done all season long outside of the loss in overtime to Atlanta where they got blown out by the Bengals, who again, look at the Bengals now, pretty damn good football team. So, he's gotten the bounce back. Can he get them to the bounce back one more time? That would help his candidacy as it would get him to 500. And, again, we know all of that's gone on this season and all the contacts in that 6-6 six and six, if that's what he can do for the Carolina Panthers and get them to the win next Sunday in New Orleans. I want Steve Walsh to get the job. I would love to see what it looks like if he has a quarterback. I would love to see what his staff would look like because I don't imagine that everyone who's on the staff right now will be in the staff next year. Like, Al Holcomb, obviously, is going to be your D.C., uh, but who's going to be your line coach? Is it still going to be James Campen. I don't see any reason why it wouldn't be. Uh, he's he's going to be under contract. Ben McAdoo, I don't really see why he would want to keep him on as OC. You would want to probably find someone uh, maybe younger, a different scheme that is going to help with the rookie quarterback who comes back also personnel-wise. All those things. We'll see what happens. But it's going to have to be the coaching decision that's made before we can get those answers. So I would love for Steve Wilkes to get the opportunity. I think Steve Wilkes has done a good enough job. To be considered and to potentially be hired. Got to finish next week. So we'll see how it works out. Um, I guess I'll go through some of these comments. We got the live stream up here. Who knows? There might be some crazy stuff. Um, Yeah, see, I'm already being told I'm delusional by somebody. Um, (laughs) What am I delusional about, Brian? Uh, Oh, he must be a Buccaneers fan. Someone says, yeah, let's keep running around the league trying to find next Sean McVay or Kyle Shanahan for the next 30 years and not give this man a real chance. Yeah, I'm saying give him a chance. That's what I'm saying. All right, there's nothing in this chat, which I figured it's always nonsense that people are always putting out there. Um, okay, let's just wrap this nonsense up. Okay, um, that's going to be it for this Carolina Panthers podcast, on Panthers podcast, hosted by yours, Julie. Julian Council, again, y'all, make sure to watch the show, subscribe to the show over on our on Panthers YouTube channel. Uh, check us out wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, rate, review, subscribe, do all that. Uh, follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council, at me, DM me to participate in the weekly Friday mailbag. Uh, on this upcoming Friday, heading into that Tampa, that New Orleans game, rather. Uh, Be safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding, and I will talk to you Monday, as I'll still be here. I'm sure you probably won't because the season's basically over. But uh, if you are, I'll talk to you then.
1: Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music.